Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and I'm here. We're doing a special one. This is a special one because you're not cooking. I'm feeling relaxed. I'm feeling quite cool because we're in air conditioning. And, and I feel like we're in Europe. Yes. This is like a European restaurant. Well, we're not in Europe. Like we're in either. France, but we're not. We're on Melrose Avenue at Mozza. Now, anyone who has been to Los Angeles may have eaten at Mozza. And if you haven't eaten at Mozza, you probably have heard of this chef. She's loved by the, the whole, whole of universe, yeah. I think. Her name is Nancy Silverton. Every time I've mentioned her, people oh think, my God. wow. It's the one that I feel like people are so excited that sh- we, we've got her. This is, you know, this is a big deal for us. Yeah. So we, <laughs> I don't know how we wrangled this, but we're not cooking. So we're in her restaurant. Nancy is going to cook for us and give us her food and we're going to talk to her all about table manners and her amazing life so now I wonder what she's going to wear she's a bit of a stylist I've brought my bigger glasses because she wears a strong frame Nancy has a chef's kitchen on Netflix she has many different restaurants she had La Brea Bakery which was adored and she is known to be the kind of the starter the doyen the starter of sourdough um, the, but, mother. Yeah, the mother, the, the mother. mother, the sourdough mother, um, artis- artisanal bread. We're trying to be very well behaved. I guess we have to be on our best behaviour. Why? I don't know, because we're in somebody else's house. Okay, so no arguing. Um, just last week, Kendall and Kylie had their makeup launch in the room right next to us that we would be in, but the uh, the fridge is a little buzzy, so we're in this room. I'm going to have to go out and put money on the meter halfway through, no doubt. So this morning, Mum, we went to Benny's house. Yeah. And we had a pool morning, and he got us courage bagels. Now, courage bagels mm. are a bit of a phenomenon. Come in... from Manchester, it's different. Look, so courage bagels, I've seen on Instagram, everyone's talking about them. There are queues, lines for ages. However, we got a little delivery. And I have to say, it was a very delicious bagel. However, it didn't taste really a like bagel. a bagel. It was like a sourdough bun bagel. It was chewy. But I liked it. It was chewy on the outside. It was tasty. I cut it because of my veneers. I, didn't I was scared about my out. veneer, yeah, actually. I had to cut those. So um, It was very delicious. It was delicious. Well, the toppings were the delicious. The tomatoes on those. Oh, I didn't have. Oh, I the had tomato. the caviar. Oh, darling. Or the lump fish roe. 
I, it wasn't lump fit, it was big codsrow, big balls. Oh, it's lovely, I love big balls. That's what she... <laughs> um, and then locks. It was very, very nice. However, I didn't go for my third one because I knew we were coming here. Your third which is half. also a dolly. I had two halves. I walked up to Benny's with the baby to earn my courage baby. Oh yeah, they. How did you get up that hill? I, I struggled. I bet you did. I did, but anyway. Um, so now I have even more room for what Nancy Silverton is going to cook for us. We're waiting to meet her. The goddess that is Nancy Silverton coming up on Table Manners. Nancy, so I don't yeah. know how much you know about this. No, but that's okay. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, usually okay. we will we'd cook for you, and you'd come oh, to our. Oh, house. that's right. That I do know of. Yeah. Yeah. However, well, I know you owe me a meal. Uh, yeah, that is fine. When you're in London, we'll do you one. Okay. But okay. if I'm if I'm if I'm being honest, this suits us perfectly. Yeah. That we get to eat. This is such a treat for us. Okay, so we're um so I know we're gi- we're sending you food from Mozza to go. Yeah. Which is great. Would you? Will you be eating this with us? No, but I will watch you eat. <laughs> do, you, do you eat, Nancy? Oh, yes, I do. Okay. I are you? Right are place. you? Is it kind of like you? If you see one more sourdough or pizza base, you may just kind of you're tired of it at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm very happy watching you eat. Oh, I'm very happy to eat and you to not take my portion so I'm gonna have yours um so Nancy mum and I do this podcast we've been doing it for years now and I think we were actually gonna have you in London when yes. you were over for the for the opening yeah. of um now I, I want to say mozzarella moz, 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 how do you say it mozza so think mozzarella okay and fine. that's where the word comes okay from. fine so you so we would say it mozza anyway mo- okay, mozzarella yeah. mozzarella yeah. Oh, anyway. now see most people or not most but a lot of people say matza. They want to make like it a matzo, Jewish yeah. restaurant. It's not. It's an Italian restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And it's short for mozzarella. So, Nancy, we talk about food, which is obviously Great. quite easy for you. Yeah. Um, but can we start at the beginning? You grew up in Los Angeles, right? Yes, I grew up. Well, you are not from here, so you don't necessarily understand the divisions. But I grew up in what's called the San Fernando Valley. We know about the valley. Do you know? You do? Yeah. Licorice Pizza was all about the Licorice valley, Licorice right? Pizza, the and Heim that, Girls. Yeah. yeah. Wow, you're really up on it. Well, <laughs> growing up there, which I didn't understand, mm. it was very looked down on. It yeah, was the like, valley. And yeah. still you kind of say, I'm from the valley. Well, you know? Why is that? I don't know. Because it's not in like the hub of Hollywood. Or the people, you know, there was, first of all, there's been songs about Valley Girl, right? Mm-hmm. I remember when I was uh, 17-ish and took... Uh, a bus to the beach for the first time by myself, right? It was like a big thing because we don't use transportation in any of public transportation in any of Los Angeles. It's like, it's so crazy. So I took the bus there and there was the big graffiti on the wall, vowels go home. And I'm like, what's a vowel? Vowels go home. I'm like, what's a vowel? I didn't even know that because growing up in the Insular Valley, I didn't know that there was this distinction between the valley and the other side of the hill. But was it something about class or? Me? I, but it wouldn't be something about cl- class when you think of necessary, maybe I think it had to do more with sophistication, uh-huh. but not class in terms of uh, money class, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. wealth. Okay. It wasn't like that necessary. I think it was more like they don't know what they're, you know, they're backwards. I don't know what the equivalent would be in 
say London. Yeah, like what part of London did you grow up? Would it be like up? saying Essex girls Essex. go home? Yeah, it'd be Essex. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But so, so, and you grew up and your, both your parents worked. Yes. Um, are they both Jewish? They both are Jewish. Um, my, um, my father was from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yeah. And my mother was from Yonkers, New York. Um, but originally, where was their background from? Their background was my mother's side was, I don't, her father was, her, his, her mother's mother's side was, I know, from Belarus. Yeah. I know her father's side was from Russia. Yeah. I know my father's father's side was from Poland. I know my father's mother's side, although they were all born in Saskatchewan, Canada, they were actually also from somewhere in Russia. Yeah. Did you grow up with lots of Jewish food around you? No, like none. You're kidding, why? I don't, you know, my father was bo- was brought up religious-ish, yeah. and I think he turned his back on it when he became an adult. Uh, my mother grew up with, you know, it's known as, are you Jewish or? We're yeah. Jewish, Oh, okay, yeah. so, okay. So the, she grew up, I guess, which they would say was reformed. Yeah, we're reformed. We never went to temple, and... Somebody was asking me, because I am going to my daughter's house on Friday for Passover, yeah. because she married um, someone that's not re- religious, but does celebrate all the holidays. Well, that's what we do. So, yeah. But I didn't always. It's funny. I, I, I probably celebrated at my house Passover. If I had to say growing up six times, maybe that's an exaggeration. But when we did, like my mother would have said maybe, I think I'm going to have Passover this year. And then she would have it, and my father would put together this very arty program that had to do with, like, the graphic story of Passover um, in beautiful woodcuts that he would find. Oh not that gosh. not that he made, but he would find, find kind them. of like Italian woodcuts, kind of, yeah. that were just very that graphic. That told the story. That told the story. Like and the Haggadah, but exactly. in woodcuts. Yeah. Wow. And then he told the story in a very kid-friendly kind of way rather than the traditional that could be taken as kind of boring. Have you still got these woodcuts? Yeah. Are you going to bring them over on Friday? I think I will. I do have them. I have like the last kind of book he put together, which was probably 15 years. He's no longer alive, but like 20 years ago or 15 years ago or something. Um, So... So there wasn't Jewish food. So what food were your parents cooking? Were they good cooks? You know, um, so I grew up in, I'm 67. So I grew up in, well, born in the 50s, 54, but let's say I grew up in the 60s. And I don't know, again, how it was in London at that time, but in United States, the 60s was the beginning of convenience food. So all the food that my mother would never buy, and I hated her for it. So I wanted TV dinners. You know, do you, do you know what that looked like? Yeah, but we I, we'd never really got TV dinners. We had frozen food, right? But we never really had TV dinners what? where it was. TV dinners was no, like I you'd don't. have a roast beef, but it was compartmentalized yeah. on a little tray, and, you and could, none of and your food. Like and that. it was yeah, and it was flat, so you could put it on your lap while you watched the telly, right? So or like, have a TV tray. Or t- Which a TV a lot, like tray on, your, yeah. Yeah. on an airplane, kind of. Yeah, kind no, of. kind of, yes. But none of the food touched. None of, it was all divided, compartmentalized. So right. you had your potato in one bit. And I thought it was the greatest thing in the oh, world. Yeah, and I had to go to my grandma's exciting. where she would buy it. But my mother, you know. and there Did were, you eat kosher? No, no, no kosher. But she would just, she was a health conscious cook. Yeah. 
in the days when nobody really, before it was popular. So for instance, well, one thing is that nobody would ever trade lunches with me. I don't know, was that it? Did you pack your school lunches when you went to my school? My mom made or, my school okay. lunch, yeah. So, so you didn't need it like in a cafeteria? Because no. when I was first in school, there wasn't really cafeterias. But there was, you brought your lunch. And then all the kids loved to trade for all, like I'll trade you my yeah. cookies oh, yeah. for your cookies or things okay. like that. And my mother packed me everything that nobody would want to trade. So yeah. for instance, my sandwiches were all on whole grain bread. Good. Would, you know, and I would say, can't you buy white bread like everybody else? Can't you cut the crusts off like everybody else? Can't you cut it in triangles like, every, you know? She was very into packaging too. So like, for instance, if she ever bought me potato chips, which was so rare, she would never buy like the individual packaged potato chips. Oh. She would buy like the big bag and, and throw them in the bag. Not even that, like thrown in, because she thought it was a waste, you know? She a waste of packaging, things like that, you know. So I never got the food I wanted to eat in my house or in my in my lunches. But she was a good cook, and I didn't think she was, and I didn't appreciate what she made. What was one of your favorite dishes of hers that you accepted? So it- I accepted <laughs> when she would make brisket. Oh, how did she do it? She braised it. Yeah. Um, and With- in fact, I. Um, just did this collaboration with um, a company from Australia, a Wagyu beef company, and they sent me a bunch of briskets, which were fantastic. And we're, we are doing this Mother's Day box where I'm, I got to choose 50 people that I'm sending a brisket to with a recipe, how I prepare it, with the two sauces that I, she didn't serve it with, but that I do, and a whole little booklet about myself and my mom. And it was like a little, it was, and what I included in this, um, in this um, booklet was a copy because when she passed away, uh, I took her, her recipe book, which was not a huge recipe book, but it was filled with clippings from the newspaper and there was a clipping of brisket. So it's like, I don't know if that's the one she used. Do you like a sweet sauce with your brisket? I like horseradish cream and salsa and a green sauce, salsa verde. So you Ooh, just nice. braise it, not because I braised sometimes in be, it's marinated overnight. It's braised in beer. It's you know. Okay, you so I braise mine in Coca Cola. See, I know because I love ham done that way, and it's yeah. a secret that you don't really realize it's there. But I think it's really yeah, smart. Yeah, so I've done you with do yours with tomatoes as well. No, um, I can't remember. Oh no, loads of onions. Loads of yeah. masses and masses uh-huh. of onions and Coca Cola. Well, you know, it's we have brisket on the menu at in London now. Oh, nice. You should try it because I, when I went over there last time, they wanted to do it as a Mother's Day special. Mm. And I said, just put it on as a kind of a main. You know, and so, the, it so well? it's on there. I think it's on there as a regularly. It's you should kind go of, look. Brisket is such a tasty yeah, cut. Yeah, it's, it's a tasty cut and a tasty preparation. Yeah. And we all love braised soft meat. I love, and, it's you know, gorgeous. Sorry, yeah. I know it just, so, and what would you have it with? So, um, it, it, um, me at home or yeah, now? Now. Now, the way we serve it, and in London, is in a giant bowl, and I just do a hunk of it. I don't even slice it. I like a hunk torn yeah. off. And then we have delicious Jersey potatoes, Carrots and uh, spring onions, mm. braised. Oh, so nice. it's a big, I've never done yeah. that. How nice! They're and like baby salsa leeks verde. in a way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So speaking about 
you know, the fact that you wanted white bread, you didn't want any yeah. of that whole grain shit. Yeah. And then you become the queen of baking artisanal bread. When was the shift? What happened? Yeah. When did I you grew up? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, you know, I used to fight with my parents and my sister because she was a lot more adventurous. Now, again, back in the 60s, um, for a family to go out for a meal, it wasn't as um, prolific as it is now. So there were choices of coffee shops or little mom and pop kind of quirky ethnic restaurants. And we, when we would travel or take a road trip, I was always like, let's go to whatever that, Denny's, you know, let's, oh no, there's a coffee shop because I knew that they could get something that I wanted. And they would always be, uh-uh. And they would look for these like little kind of quirky kind of restaurants. And I hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it. <laughs> but I started cooking in college and that's, and with the love of being in the kitchen. So it was the kitchen, being in the kitchen and the idea of pleasing people with what you made is what really drew me into the business. The food was secondary. And so, and you started with like vegetarian cuisine. Yeah, right? and I only started with vegetarian because that was the only opening oh. in the dormitory kitchen that, or it wasn't that it was the only opening, it was the person who I wanted to meet was in charge of the vegetarian program at the dormitory. So, so that's you'd, why. You'd cook for your fellow students. Yes. Like, because that's not what we do. We have, I mean, that's, is that quite an American thing to do that you have chefs that are students in learning and then cooking for? Well, I don't know if it's an American thing, Mm. but it was also a way, I mean, I didn't necessarily need to do this, but it it gave me either free or half off my dorm. So I think it's an opportunity to work on campus that's offered. When did you know that you were actually quite good at cooking? Which dish was the one that people came back for more in that dorm? In that dorm, it wasn't the dish, it was just, it was just what we made for vegetarians. Mm. And so at that time, you know, I, I gotta tell you, it was food that I don't know if I would even eat today or, um, you know, but back then, because nobody really took vegetarian or people that were non-meat eaters into the mix, um, it would be like, let's say it was different uh, vegetables, you know, let's say cauliflower, broccoli, and squash, mm. you know, cooked, and then a lot of cheese melted on, and then yeah. sunflower seeds and sesame seeds on top, mm. you know, it was like that. It wasn't like it was so elevated, you know, or so thought out. I, I bought a cookbook and I started cooking out of that Which cookbook. cookbook was it, and I still have that cookbook. It was called Cooking Creatively with Natural Foods. I think I need Has to it buy aged it. Well? I think you don't need to. <laughs> um, well, I haven't gone back to it, but uh, I have used it in photo shoots because it's such a part of me. That was my first cookbook. And one of the things that was the page that was kind of the dirtiest, so it must be that I made it the most, was something called lentil loaf. So you could think about this block, you know, because at that time, yeah, that Mm. time, vegetarian options were not considered that refined. You know, they were always, you know, it was always like, well, it's vegetarian, and that's why it tastes so bad. Yeah, 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 but it's not. So, and you've talked about this epiphany that you had at college, didn't yeah. you? And, and you, and yeah. you left, well, you, you went to pursue cooking. Yes. So, was it quite rare for 
a woman to be in these kitchens did you start you went and trained but yeah when you were first in these kind of professional kitchens where was your first job and was it quite rare that you were a woman in that situation well you know I never well a couple things because that's a question that brings in all sorts of answers one was that I stayed in college until the very, almost the very end, which was my last year. And what were you studying? I was, I had switched. I went in for political science, and mm-hmm. I went, I finished in liberal studies, and I was in a very tiny little college within a college, and it was called Hutchins School within the college I went to. But when I called my parents up and said, I'm not taking my finals, I'm dropping off, dropping out, all I really want to do is cook. And what they should have, not should have, they could have said, being both professionals, both a child cooking, wanting to cook as a living, was very new in the 70s. Again, 2022, any child that comes back to their parents and says, I want to cook and I'm going to be a TV star, their parents are like, yes, you know. But back then, it, you know, I don't know. So there was nothing, no precedent, right? And what my father said to me without a pause was, that's okay as long as you sign up for the Cordon Bleu. I didn't even know what the Cordon Bleu was, oh, and wow. that's how I ended up there. There was a year waiting list to get knew. into the London. He knew, and I don't know how he knew. I didn't even know there were cooking that people went to cooking schools to cook. Where was the Cordon Bleu? On Marleybone Lane, which is oh. so crazy. It's no longer on Marleybone Lane. The Cordon Bleu still exists in London, but it's not on Marleybone Lane. But what's so crazy is that's where I'm back, is in the Marlebone yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's the, got the yeah. best yeah. restaurants. Yeah. It's and full I, of gorgeous yeah. restaurants. And I, I lived in West Hampstead at a bed and breakfast. Lovely. And I would take the Bakerloo line and get off at Marlebone High Street every day Did and you love walk. That? Yeah. Loved it. But um, so after I first cooked, when I got into, when I started cooking in the dorms, the next couple summers, I when I came back to Los Angeles, I did get kitchen jobs at uh, some little local eateries, right? So I cooked a little there, went back to school. But when I dropped out to actually work, and I told my parents that um, I asked them if they'd be willing to support me because I was going to walk into a kitchen and say, let me work for free because I knew that I didn't have the skill to get paid at what I wanted to learn you know, I would otherwise have been stuck in some little part of the kitchen if they were going to pay me. And and they said, yes, they would. Um, and it was a restaurant about an hour away from me, uh, drive, and I, want, I didn't want to move. And it was called 464 Magnolia in a little town in Marin County called Larkspur. And, and was your experience positive, I presume? Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's what I wanted to say a couple things. So first of all, most importantly, I grew up in a family of very, very strong women. I don't mean my direct family, although my mother was, but I mean her aunts were very, very strong women. One was jailed, she was a suffragette, you know, very, very political. The other one um, was a very um, famous uh, lobbyist in Washington, D.C. So I grew up with the feeling, or not with the feeling, I just grew up kind of with the genetics that women could do anything. I didn't ever think of it as any gender issue in a kitchen. So that's one thing. Secondly, I grew up in California, which is very different from the rest of the world. So for instance, all if you were to ask me, who are my, who are my mentors or who are my favorite cooks? I would list you 10 cooks 
and I wouldn't even be realizing that they were all women, and they were all California women, you know. So it wasn't so unusual in California. And then thirdly, the three kitchens that I worked in before I opened my own restaurant, Campanile, which was my first restaurant in 1989, were kitchens that were run by very open-minded men who embraced everybody. Um, so there were just no, none of those kinds of issues in the kitchen that you would maybe think of in a, say, a stereotypic European, specifically French or German kitchen where there's that, there's that, Macro, yeah, yeah, there's, and there's that prominent chef, you know, Shout usually a male yeah. and, you know, yells and Tough throws love, things. Yeah. I didn't grow up in those kinds of kitchens. So I didn't have those kinds of problems. I'm sure you've said this many times before, but how, why did you land on Italian cuisine as your, your love, your, your passion? How did it happen? Well, it wasn't just Italian cuisine. And, and it was just the part of Italian cuisine that I love. And it's the simplicity. It's the um, depth of flavors, it's the seasonality, it's the simple preparation, it's the food is supposed to, I feel, or meant to bring so much joy to the table. And that's where it ends up and that's where it all comes together, is at the table with people you love, people you knew you meet. That's the exciting part of food and I think that nobody but the Italians know and embrace it as well. I've read that you don't call yourself a chef. Is that still the case? Like, it never was a word that, Yeah. I don't know, there's something about titles that are kind of weird to me. I'm uh -huh. not sure what it is, but again, when I think of that chef, it was that chef growing up that, that- Barked um, orders? Yeah, that barked orders, threw things, wore, wore starch white coats and a big white hat that, I don't know. I but, thought to be a chef, you had to have a restaurant. And if you oh. were a cook, you didn't have a... So Nigella, have you heard of Nigella? Yeah, of course. Horses? Yeah. So she describes... Well, actually, she describes... But she doesn't herself, have a restaurant. She, no, she describes herself as a home cook. Yeah. Which is what I call myself. Yeah. And I'm not like Nigella, really, right. at all. Well, right. Know, some people would disagree. <laughs> they <laughs> don't. Um, but, but, yeah, you feel comfortable being a cook. Yeah, a cook. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it... I don't know why. Do you like cooking? Still. I love cooking. I yeah. love cooking, and I love um, I love cooking. I love working in my with my with my hands. I love touching and you know massaging, not manipulating, but massaging ingredients. You know, unfortunately, just because of my schedule, I don't get to do it as much as I would love. But I do get to do it the two months that I spend in Italy every summer, and that's where I cook. I where, mean, I where really. About, where, which part of Italy? In Umbria, which is where oh, I have nice. a little house. Lovely. And that's where I do all my cooking. I do cook, get to cook here a little, but not like I can cook there where there's nothing else to distract me. And I just get to invite people over and I just get to wake up in the morning and write my list and lay out my mise en place and I get to start cooking. And I really, that's when I really am the happiest. But I just finished another cookbook. It's being sent in tomorrow. Wow. Well a baking done, book. Yeah. Oh, wow. Did you do sourdough bread during lockdown? 
No, and this you is how I start. <laughs> well, that's what I talk about in this book. So I didn't because I've done it. Yeah. Which doesn't mean I can't, couldn't make bread for mine, but I didn't have that urge. I didn't have, you know, I think all the people, somebody asked me once, why do you think all these people bake bread during the pandemic? Besides all the obvious, which was, you know, it's so homing, it's nurturing, it, you know, I need comfort, you know, all those things. I think also it was because so many people said to themselves, I either, I don't have the time to bake bread and that's why I don't make it, so it was an excuse, or when I find the time to bake bread, I'm gonna learn how. And all of a sudden, everybody was given that time, and yeah. so they had to make good with that promise they made themselves. Or kill the the starter. Yeah. Kill, yeah. Was a, What's your starter called? It doesn't have a name. Oh, that's not very fun, I Nancy. God, come on. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. We ask everybody on the podcast what their last supper would be before they were about to go off somewhere that they were not going to have all the things that they loved. Um, as For a, about six months. I, oh, it, without a doubt, it wouldn't be a supper. It would just be, I love crusty bread yeah. slathered with? with European butter. Oh, really? Or, Drowned in olive oil. It the goes salty both ways. butter. Do you like salty well, or I, I like, like to control unsalty. my salt. Okay, so but you I like the but salt. then I add okay. salt. Yeah, okay. but then I add salt. But I just can't, you know, like right now, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm obsessed with. I get mm. obsessed. I'm obsessed with pistachios, and like I find that that's all I'm eating these days. I love to work for my food. I love opening them up. I don't like like a bag of shelled pistachios. But there's something, the salty, the crunchy, the working for the little prize. The little kernel, yeah. That's all I'm like, want to eat. Because like, you bake as well. I feel like you like a little hardship. Like you, need, <laughs> yeah. you need to earn that morsel. Yeah, it, yeah, and you burn off all those calories. Oh, yeah, obviously. Them up. Where's your yeah. bakery of choice in, in, in L.A.? For what? For, for, you know, bread or, you know pastries because obviously you I think had the Lebrea. person doing the best pastries that you could just sort of buy yeah. as a pastry yeah. shop definitely would be Marge over at my old La Brea bakery spot okay okay at Republic she's just a oh I did fantastic job yeah I've eaten that yeah and the bread was yeah. exceptional yep. and yeah. her um but the bread that we get by the way 
And I think it's very delicious, and you'll like the name, being huh? who you are. It's called Bub and Grandma. Bub and Aww. Grandma. And they don't have, they're just in the process of opening up a sort of bricks and mortar place. Right now it's just wholesale. And it's just everything you want, the crusty sourdough, you know. Um, so we've got a kind of on, uh, appetizer with the bread and the pistachios. Entree, are you, like what are you gonna have for your last supper? Well, and it can't just be bread and butter and I mean, anchovies. I mean, Nancy, like, I feel I like, like and we shift. can push it a little further. Anchovies love it. I, love I know, it. and we love what we use. I do too. And where we do you use, get your anchovies? We from? get our anchovies, and I'm talking about the canned anchovies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the hands down, the best anchovies, and I've been through them all, yeah. are the ones from the Cantabrian Sea in Spain. Called what's Ortiz. the name? It's not, not Ortiz. That, no. I will give you a little can of Thank them, you. and you can try them. But they're meaty; they're not funky, and I think they're and just the best. And what color are they? They're not dark brown and salty. They they're are like silvery. No, no, no. They're they're dark, okay. brown, but they're not yep. salty. But they're meaty and just delicious. Okay. So is that your final answer? And my final answer, I'll tell you why, and, I'll, and it leads into another it, question. Jessie. It leads into another question, and you said. And one of the questions that you were going to ask me is, do I have table manners? And I was going to come back with you and say, oh, I do have something else I would eat. Do I have good table manners? And if you think that having being able to eat with your hands is good table manners, then I have excellent ones. Because I love anything I can eat with my hands. I love picking up salads. So a... Um, let's say a Caesar... I mean, a really well-crafted Caesar salad. I love picking up food by my hand. So that's why I'm saying the crusty bread with the butter and then maybe I'll drown some, I'll, I'll just condiments around me. Semi-dried tomatoes, uh, anchovies, um, buffalo milk, so mozzarella. So like an antipasto, like we're going, Yeah, okay, we're fine. going that way. We're as opposed to a big a heavy, dinner. Yeah, yes. there. So many, you need to meet Tom and Cena Myers when you come okay, to London. I'm going you to, sound exactly she, like she her. Talked she eats about, about salad with her hands. But it's yeah. very interesting because she talked about also wanting to feeling a bit lost now i don't think you were, were lost but she said she felt lost and didn't know what she wanted to do and then had this feeling that she wanted to do cooking and she went she, to the best place Ballymolloy. know that there yeah you go. so she, she went there she yes. said in the time that she wanted to be a chef a uh -huh. cook it was it felt still yeah. quite original and yeah. um that was only you know the early noughties you know and yeah. so but she, she kind of felt obsession. like it wasn't like now, which, yeah. you know, food is so sexy. Yeah. And cooking is so sexy. It's yeah. like, you know. And so well received yes. and so well, welcome. Her, her obsession she, is chilies. So she puts oh, wow. chili in chocolate, even yeah. in chocolate. Did, I love yeah. chilies. Yeah. She did this beautiful flowers. But chilies I've never cake. heard of, you know. It's, yeah. Well, it's all these Mexican. Yeah. I mean, yeah. anyway, but, and she talked about eating with her with hands. With her hands and, and it, feeding it. it, it, yeah. and it it's it, so tactile. But you see, like she was, you said that she felt lost, and then she thought, I think I'd like to go to cooking school, and then she went to cooking school. So for me, it was not realizing I wanted to cook or liked cooking. It was more that, you know, I was uh, looking after a guy. And Thank you. while I was doing it, that epiphany we talked about earlier was that, wow, this is what I want to do for the mm -hmm. rest of my mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it, I never thought about it before. Um, this is a I shrimp, olio olio. Ooh. 
and a fennel sausage. So, so what people can't oh see gosh. is that we've got the fennel sausage pizza that I have uh, heard about, and then we've got a shrimp um, with uh, garlic, garlic and, yeah. yeah, delicious olive oil and parsley. Is this the chop salad that, that I've heard about? You're chop defining chop salad, salad. Right. yes, it is, and um, that's a bit of a bugger to eat with your fingers, or not? That one is yes, because uh, I'll ma I, I would be able to figure out a way. Yeah. Yes, it is because everything's sliced up. That's why I said Caesar, because most of the time. One, you know, has spears of, yes, of the leaves, yes. right? Um, so that is our. <gasps> this is what um, Benny's mum was like. You've got to get the trick along. <gasps> That's yeah. machine Parmigiana, yeah. my yes, favorite thing on earth. But eggplant. Oh, we're, here, we're in America. It's eggplant. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh no, aubergine. Melanzani right here. Yes. Yeah. And so what, basically, we're, we're being very lucky, and we're in Moza, but we're, we're in Moza eating from Moza to, to go, go, which is next and, door. Right now, ordinarily in other times, mm -hmm. the pizzeria is was open seven days a week, where there would be a much more um, wow a, a bit a much larger menu. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the the Moza to go was a very small part of our pizzeria menu. I've never had a shrimp on a pizza. Never. You no. haven't lived. I obviously haven't. It's delicious. I want to try that one. Here you go. So this is the and you're not going to eat anything, Nancy. No, I'm going to watch you, though. <laughs> well, that's why you look like you and I look like me. <laughs> have you got a sweet tooth much? Are you going to have a dessert on this um, last supper? If I had a dessert, it would just be a chocolate bar. Because I also love... I love just breaking a hunk of chocolate. You know, I just like the Which simplicity. Which chocolate do you like? Well, I like a chocolate, I like a bittersweet chocolate. Mm -hmm. um, as far as the brands, there's just so many of them. But I like a bittersweet plain chocolate. I like it with Malden sea salt. I don't mind if, uh, if there's an almond here or there or some toffee. But for the most part, just a simple, in fact, one of my restaurants that I'm going to be opening up inside the Hollywood Roosevelt, where I have one restaurant that's going right now and one that's in the that's, works. That's the hotel, right? Yeah, yeah. uh-huh. One of, one of them is going to be a wine and cheese bar, so super, super simple. And one of the desserts is just going to be a three chocolate bar tasting, you know, from a local chocolate maker that I think she does a really lovely job. But it's just going to be thin slabs of chocolate. And so I think that's what it'd be. But I love gelato, so maybe that's not fair because I really pistachio do love gelato, love pistachio, yeah. love stragiatella. Love my probably my favorite is Fiorita latte, which oh. is that plain white. You know, it's just oh. the flour of the cream. That's it. This is so. This delicious. is really yummy. Thank you. It's really good. It's, is this it's, a sourdough crust? It's not. Oh, it isn't. No, but it is a crust where we it it takes three days for completion, so. Day one, and it's obviously all in rotation, but day one is um, is putting together the sponge, so a part of the recipe to allow it to ferment. Mm -hmm. Day two is finishing that dough and letting it rise and fold and do kind of crazy things to it and then shape it into its pizza round and then letting it sit overnight in the refrigerator for that. So it, it's a three-day process but not starting with, with sourdough. I have a, a Gosney pizza oven. Have you heard nice. of Gosney? No, I know one um, that we, a uh, couple that we have out here, like um, Uni. No. So you have, is it a I've small? I've got one, I've got all the gear, no idea. 
but I will, I, I believe in myself and my husband becoming pizza pros. Well, if you're going to become a pizza pro, yeah. is that why you bought it to become yeah, a pizza pro? Yeah, it's all my kids I mean, eat. Yeah. So I have a lovely chapter in our Moza cookbook on pizza. Okay. But if you wanted a pizza specific, one of my favorite pizzerias in the country, perhaps my favorite, is one in New Jersey. And he just came out with a book. And his book is fantastic, including there's a QR code so you can actually see him making and shaping so you can watch so you're right. not just reading, which I think helps. Yeah. And um, I will give you the specifics. Thank you. Um, his name, the, uh, the, the author, the chef of the pizzeria, his name is Dan Richter. Okay. Dan and Richter. the name of the pizza, the book and his pizzeria is Raza. And that pizza book will teach you how to be the master you want to be. And how did you find Dan? Found him because there was an article in the New York Times a number of years ago um, by a very, you know, renowned and well-respected food writer that said the best pizza in New York is actually in New Jersey. I mean, that must have just killed a lot of New Yorkers, you know, and went on to talk about it. So I went out there to try it, and it's... Was like delicious. delicious, and we've had him in um, here to do collaborations at our pizzeria, and he's a lovely man. I've eaten there whenever I fly to London and other parts. Um, United at one point, which is my airline, uh, only flew out of New Jersey, and uh, well, you'd be it does. Not to stop and there. so Jersey City, there I go. Nancy, what's in the trickle or salad? So it is a mix of lettuces, rucola and radicchio and frise. Yeah. And then there's layers of Parmigiano-Reggiano mm -hmm. and then an anchovy vinaigrette. Yeah. And, um, and in the chopped salad, you can see everything on top, which unfortunately served this way, which is the only way you can serve it. Yeah to go everything's on top yeah we toss it at the restaurant so you get an equal mingling of uh aged provolone fennel salami iceberg lettuce uh radicchio pepperoncini red onion garbanzo beans tomato all the flavors when i originally came up with the salad seemed to go with a pizzeria um, you know, I don't know, again, uh, in London, and by the way, when I went to the London in the Cordon Bleu, now I didn't have, in 77 is when I went, I didn't have a lot of money to eat in any high-end restaurants. So the restaurants that were affordable to me that I could eat at were truly dreadful. And now the food scene cannot be beat in London. It is just fantastic. Do you think? Oh, is my God. Is that why you wanted Thriving. to Oh, yeah. yeah. Thriving, and the young cooks are so energetic and the food is so great but the uh, a typical pizzeria italian restaurant in los angeles growing up always had a relish tray and on that relish tray were whole pepperoncini there would be green onions there would be um some provolone cheese some salami so this is all the flavors of that relish tray in a salad with this oregano Vinaigrette, and that's key because it always had a lot of oregano. Nancy, could you? Well, I'll say stuff my face with your lovely food. Could you tell me a taste or a scent that can take you back somewhere instantly? Wow, so many. But um, what springs to mind? Great question because I mean, like, it'll be a dish that will bring me back. But if I think about going back to say an experience, right? 
I think whenever I eat feta cheese, Greek feta cheese, with olive oil and that wild rucola, sorry, oregano just sprinkled on top, I think about the summer where I spent six weeks in Greece on Paros Island, and I think every single day I ate the Greek salad and I never got tired of it. Do you go to Greece a lot now? Or no, because you go I've been to there Italy. once. Yeah, I, I don't go there, but it's like you can't eat Was it the that. Greek salad every day that put you off? I don't know. No, it was just, you know, I, besides going to Italy where I have a home, it's really the only place that I take a vacation. Next week I'm going to Hawaii with my kids, or, well, my daughter and her, my grandkids and her husband, and I think it's the first vacation. You know, I don't take vacations even though I've, my life is a vacation, but I always feel more comfortable when there is a work component to it. So like when I go to London, for instance, I look after the restaurant and then I go and I eat out and I shop and I, you know. But so my two months that I spent in Italy in the summer, which is very generous, six, or six weeks to eight weeks in the summer and two weeks in the winter, those are strictly vacations. Um, and so I just would never, if somebody invited me to Greece to go cook a meal, I would be there in a second, but I haven't been. I think the food scene's really improved in Greece. In Greece, yeah. Also Istanbul, Turkey. I've never been to Istanbul. People I've never say been the, to Morocco. The I, is I know. Amazing. I love the food in Israel, and I've been we there. We haven't been for ages. I've been there several times go. for food, you know, mm. food reasons. I mean, not just yeah. to go. And but boy, apparently the food scene is exceptional. Wow, now. It's exceptional. Um, Nancy, I wanted before we let you go and you back to your busy. I mean, you know, we're in your. Restaurant. I love the decor in here. Oh, thank it, you. It feels very European, I think. Did you see the other restaurants? No. I'll give you a quick little Thanks. tour. Um, I want to know what your grandchildren's favorite um, dish of yours is. What are you called? You, 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 are you grandma? Papa? I'm Baba. Nona. Because Nona. Nona. That's and one. as Nona, um, anything that's sweet. So, for instance, Goldie, that's my granddaughter. My, my two grandkids are Ike, Ike. and Goldie. And it was Goldie's one-year birthday last weekend, so Ike and I made her cup, you know, cupcakes. But Ike, it has to be sweet and it has to be cake. He could care less about anything else. So that's he's three, three and a half. Oh, Jesse's got a three and a half year old, or just three year old, yeah. Yeah, Ah. I've got got a five and a three and a A nine month, yeah, nine month, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a. Are you stopping or? Yeah, I'm done. How many? A three. Yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah I'm I've got three. There you go. I, I was one of two. It's her fault that I had three. I was one of two. My dad was one of four. Right. So you. Yeah. He, three no, wait, felt no, right three. to me. Three. No, two three. He had two like, sisters. Two felt like two adults and two children, but three felt like, like a the family. right thing to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, and where's your family? You know, my um, my father's mother's side of the family were, were all farmers from Saskatchewan, Canada. And that's what I named my, they were part of the first Jewish settlement in Saskatchewan. And I named my latest restaurant in Los Angeles, the Barish, after that side of the family. That was their last name, Barish. Barish. And where's that? The Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. Okay. And that's opened, that hasn't opened up yet? It has, but dinner only five days a week. Okay. No breakfast, lunch, some snacks in the lobby. What's next for you? So next, opening in Singapore next month. Wow. Yeah. A Moza. A Moza. Opening up um, probably in Miami and opening up in Washington, D.C. 
Exciting. Nancy Silverton, thank you so much for thank doing this. Thank you. This was management. so Wonderful. fun. So in London, we have to eat around. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll make you my chicken soup. Okay, I'd love it. The last bit of shrimp pizza in my mouth. She's wow. the cheekiest person I think I've ever met in my life. So interesting and so loved food and she's just wonderful. But I love her style. She just looked wonderful. Thank you, Nancy Silverton, for having us in your place. Being such a great guest. No wonder everyone loves her here. Yeah, everyone does. And she does have a restaurant yeah. in yeah. London. Yeah. It's in the treehouse, which is really central London. You go to Oxford Circus. And there's a mozza there, so you can go and eat Nancy Silverton's food in London, if you are in the UK. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.